coming back. I'd spent the last two weeks answering ads from young women looking for a female roommate. It had been a bust so far. One girl didn't want to room with an American. Cue my what-the-fuck face. Three of the apartments were just... nasty. I'm pretty sure one girl was a crack dealer, and the last girl's apartment sounded like it got more use than a brothel. I was really hoping my appointment today with Ellie Carmichael was going to go my way. It was the most expensive apartment I'd scheduled to see, and it was on the other side of the city center. I was frugal when it came to my inheritance, as if spending as little of it as possible would somehow lessen the bitterness of my good fortune, but I was getting desperate. If I wanted to be a writer, I needed the right apartment and the right roommate. Living alone was an option, of course. I could afford it. However, the God's honest truth was that I didn't like the idea of complete solitude. Despite my tendency to keep 80% of myself to myself, I liked being surrounded by people. When they talked to me about things I didn't understand personally, it allowed me to see things from their point of view. And I believed all the best writers needed a wide open scope of perspective. Despite not needing to, I worked at a bar on George Street on Thursday and Friday nights. The old cliche was true. Bartenders overhear all the best stories. I was friends with two of my colleagues, Joe and Craig, but we only really hung out when we were working. If I wanted a little life around me, I needed to get a roommate. On the plus side, this apartment was mere streets away from my job. As I tried to shove down the anxiety of finding a new place, I kept my eye open for a cab with its light on. I eyed the ice cream parlor, wishing I had time to stop in and indulge, and almost missed the cab coming toward me on the opposite side of the street. Throwing my hand out and checking my side for traffic, I was gratified that the driver had seen me and pulled up to the curb. I tore across the wide road, managing not to get squashed like a green and white bug against some poor person's windshield, and rushed toward the cab with a single-minded determination to grab the door handle. Instead of the door handle, I grabbed a hand. Bemused, I followed the tan, masculine hand up a long arm to broad shoulders and a face obscured by the sun beaming down behind his head. Tall, over six feet, the guy towered above me. I was a smallish five foot five. I took in his expensive suit, wondering why this guy had his hand on my cab. A sigh escaped from his shadowed face. Which way are you headed? he asked me in a rumbling, gravelly voice. Four years I'd been living here, and still a smooth Scots accent could send a shiver down my spine. And his definitely did, despite the terse question. Dublin Street, I answered automatically, hoping I had a longer distance to travel so that he'd give me the cab. Good, he pulled the door open. I'm hidden in that direction. And since I'm already run late, might I suggest we share the taxi instead of wasting ten minutes deciding who needs it more? A warm hand touched my lower back and pressed me gently forward. Dazed, I somehow let myself be manhandled into the cab, sliding across the seat and buckling up as I silently questioned whether I'd nodded my agreement to this. I didn't think I had. Hearing the suit clip out Dublin Street as the destination to the cab driver, I frowned and muttered, Thanks. I guess. You're an American. At the soft question, I finally looked over at the passenger beside me. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
Wow. Perhaps in his late 20s or early 30s, the suit wasn't classically handsome, but there was a twinkle in his eye and a curl to the corner of his sensual mouth that, together with the rest of the package, oozed sex appeal. I could tell from the lines of the extremely well-tailored, expensive, silver-gray suit that he wore, that he worked out. He sat with the ease of a fit guy, his stomach ironed flat under the waistcoat and white shirt. His pale blue eyes seemed bemused beneath their long lashes. And for the life of me, I couldn't get over the fact that he had dark hair. I preferred blondes, always had. Yet, none of them had ever made my lower belly squeeze with lust at first sight. A strong, masculine face stared into mine. Sharp jawline, a cleft chin, wide cheekbones, and a Roman nose.